Well, welcome to another Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We have a great program lined up for you today because we're going to hear from a couple of experts who will tell you that elections have consequences with regard to the way politics works, but also the way the laws are written. Those experts are Craig Huey with Election Forum and Stephanie Cover, the only personal injury attorney I'll ever recommend. And we've got lots of things to give away, too, if you are gearing up ginning up as it were for the election craig huey's outstanding book is one that you'll want to read we've got three copies of this one to give away today the christian voter how to vote for not against your values to transform culture and politics and um I'll just give you the phone number now, 800-227-5278. You've noticed something if you tune into the first half hour of the Bottom Line Show. I give you a head start on all the giveaways. And I realize there's some people who can't tune in at 3 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Mountain Time. I get that. But if for those who can, uh, you get the reward and you can start calling in. We're going to give away three copies of Craig Huey's outstanding book on Christians and voting uh, today here on this Super Tuesday edition of The Bottom Line. The Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values to Transform Culture and Politics, 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, before we get into my dialogue with Craig, because he's warming up in the bullpen, waiting in the wings. I want to thank everybody who called in yesterday. We did the Sound of Freedom program here on the Bottom Line Show and uh, my chance to talk to Jared Giese, who is the uh, director of, uh, senior director of global marketing, if you will, distribution for this outstanding movie, Sound of Freedom. And uh, Jared and I had a great conversation. The response was overwhelming. We had over a dozen calls to the program. And uh, last night, Lisa was working throughout the course of the day, so she didn't get a chance to hear the broadcast until afterwards. So we pulled up the app and we're making dinner and had a chance to listen to it. And when we got to the part where we were talking about uh, Governor Mike Pence, uh, now former Vice President Mike Pence running for president, and why he is a firm believer that the sanctity of human life begins in the womb and does not support abortions for the diagnosis of a fetal anomaly because so many times, I mean, take nothing away from people who work in the medical profession, so many times those diagnoses are wrong. And my heart breaks for anyone who has gone through that, who's had that, that story where they were given a diagnosis and it turned out to be incorrect and they made a rather uh, life-altering decision for a child uh, simply based on a diagnosis that was incorrect. And I shared the story of uh, how Lisa and I have um, weathered the storm over the years of the what might have beens when she received the call from her OBGYN when she was carrying her daughter, Ryan, our my bonus daughter. And the doctor said, we're seeing all sorts of abnormalities. And, you know, they they threw a whole laundry list of possibilities as things that might go wrong. And then the doctor recommended abortion of course lisa said no and we'll celebrate ryan's 26th birthday uh, coming up later this year wondered how that would respond and resonate with people who listen to the bottom line show and got a really nice call from leticia in chula vista and i i, I want to share this i'll just kind of summarize with it but she said that when she was listening to the Sanct sanctity of life segment it really hit her hard because she was 20 weeks into a pregnancy the woman who was her OBGYN did some testing and said she found an abnormality with her son and then decided that that abnormality was Down syndrome. Recommended, you know, ending the pregnancy. And Letitia said there was no way. You know, I mean, I couldn't do that. 
And um, so instead, she she prayed, you know, asked God, you know, to deliver her child, you know, the way that God wants him uh, to be born. And it turned out that the abnormality was not Down syndrome, but he was born with an enlarged kidney. And I think he was only born with one or something like that. And they were able to treat, you know, first three years of life were tough because of surgery and transplant and stuff like that. But she said, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I wanted to take the opening. Leticia, thank you for sharing that with us. And I, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to, uh, to, to, to bring that to your attention as a bottom line show listener and offer a word of prayer before we get started on today's program, because my heart breaks for, I mean, and us as a family, the Marsh family here, breaks for anyone who's ever gone through a miscarriage, who's ever gone through that process of having to uh, carry a child to term where there were fetal anomalies and maybe you weren't aware this is going to happen and, uh, and you weren't really prepared for it. With the mar- marvels of modern medical technology these days, most any kind of anomalies can actually be diagnosed and prepared for. One of the things we talked about was the uh, uh, the pediatric palliative care, or uh, the, the uh, perinatal palliative care, where you can actually prepare. A lot of families are saying, "Look, if my kid has a diagnosis and they're only going to, you know, have a very short life on Earth, we still want that child to be born and be part of our family for an hour or two, whatever it is." And my heart breaks for the misdiagnosis, for the doctor who thinks he or she thinks they're doing the right thing and they completely get it wrong, like in this case of our listener who a doctor said, it's going to be Down syndrome, you should abort. And it turned out the child had one kidney and the kidney that he did have was oversized. It was inflamed and they needed a transplant. That's a big difference from Down syndrome to kidney transplant. But Father, I pray you bring your healing to families who have received the misdiagnosis and we're led to believe that the only humane option was to end the pregnancy. Father, we know that there's mercy and forgiveness for people who make mortal decisions like that, ill-advisedly, you know, mis- mistakenly, and that you're a gracious God. Please let these families know how much you care and how much you forgive and how much you love these the. the these families, these people, these moms and dads who've made these decisions. And Father, please show mercy to the men and women in the abortion industry who lie to people to get them to go through with an abortion. I mean, it's heinous, it's horrible. I'm grateful for ministries like Abby Johnson's and then there were none for people who want to leave the industry. But Father, may we never be so politically driven that we come across as those angry, hateful, bitter, spiteful, vindictive Christians who don't care about people. We care about people. We care about birth. We care about life. We care about all that stuff. And I just pray, Father, for comfort and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, if you, maybe if part of the healing process for you is to make a memorial gift in honor of, uh, you know, maybe that decision that was made, that life that we'll never get to see this side of heaven, but we will see eventually in eternity. And uh, that's why I encourage you to make a donation to Preborn. Uh, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Uh, we have uh, opportunity for you to get a special matching grant in place with Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial. Dennis and I were talking just this morning about this, as a matter of fact. And he's ready to do more matching money. All we have to do is match it, okay? Uh, 833-850-BABY, $28 provides one ultrasound appointment with the pregnancy test, the ultrasound, and the pictures, the whole shot. Um, $15,000 puts an ultrasound machine 
in a, a preborn clinic, and it's completely tax deductible. So make your best donation today at 833-850-BABY or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. On the other side of this break, we know what happened in the 2022 midterms with regard to Proposition 1 enshrining abortion in the California Constitution. How can voters in California, Colorado, and all across the country, Christian voters, vote our values and vote for and not against those values? Craig Huey with Election Forum is going to join me to have that conversation. It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a rather provocative uh, topic of conversation, uh, one that I think uh, many of us have suspected for quite some time, but now we're actually starting to see the fruits of these labors. And with me today here on The Bottom Line to discuss it is Craig Huey. Uh, the guy, Craig has got the Election Forum website where he handicaps so many different elections and so many different races all across the country, has a California voter guide that I highly endorse. He's the author of uh, What It Means to Be a Christian Voter in the Modern World, and he wrote a very provocative article on the death of the American Republic that I want to get into. But Craig Huey, it's good to have you back on The Bottom Line Show. Roger, it's always great to be back and uh, and talking to you and, ta- and having uh, the people in Southern California listen in. Yeah, well, you know, let's. We so many people have looked at. I mean, we jokingly refer to California as the People's Republic of California because <laughs> under Governor Gavin Newsom, it does seem more and more socialistic and communistic each and every day. And I, Craig, I actually get flack from a lot of Christians, especially who say, "Hey, why do you call him that?" Because I mean, I just you know you call him Governor Newsom or Nebuchadnezzar, whatever. <laughs> but but the rea- but the reality is, Craig. I mean, and you have you know your hand with Tennessee and California. I mean, you you've seen what a good state under good godly leadership looks like in Tennessee. And you've seen this kind of almost criminal state that's, that California has become. The weather's nice, don't get me wrong, but I mean, there's so many things in California that if they were to become nationwide trends would really send the, spell the death of our republic. Talk about that. Uh, l- let me tell you, um, uh, I am a California refugee. I, I still have a place in California and I visit, but I am so glad I live in the free state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, the gap uh, in the culture and the politics and the economics is so huge. And people in Southern California oftentimes are blinded to uh, what the difference is in individual freedom and economic opportunity and the coercive nature uh, of, the, of Newsom and the California government. And, and really, quite frankly, uh, uh, people throughout the United States are looking at California and Governor Newsom and saying, oh, my gosh, could he be the next president? Uh, could this man bring his uh, radical, uh, secular, basically uh, positions that are anti-biblical uh, from a very secular uh, worldview? into the body politics? And the answer is he could, because this presidential campaign, this election that's coming up, is unlike any in history, Roger, and it should concern every single listener uh, because it's so different. 
Craig Huey with the election, uh, well, the reality alert and the electionforum.org website uh, with me today here on the bottom line. And we're talking about the nature of California politics. And Craig, this is not just anecdotal from what you've seen. I mean, you're watching this on the national level. You're seeing what's yes. happening with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And, and a lot of people are actually wondering, is that ticket going to be the Democrat ticket for 2024? Uh, I'm hearing a lot more credible rumblings that it's going to be Gavin Newsom on the ticket in one position or the other with the design from the Democrat Party to get him into the White House by 2025, if not sooner. Uh, what are you hearing with regard to that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it is a chance the Biden will run again. And uh, those behind Biden, uh, they have an infrastructure where it's nice to have Biden because he basically can uh, be the uh, figurehead while they do all the work. And so those with the deep state, uh, meaning the bureaucracy of Washington, D.C., those who are uh, part of the Democratic uh, uh, elite machine that uh, controls the Democratic Party and, and the, pol the politics that come out of it, um, they are happy to have someone uh, that uh, can be their spokesperson, but they, don't they can hide in the basement. They can hide and, and not be involved in a debate. Uh, they can. Uh, uh, we saw in the last election, Roger, people running that they couldn't speak, walk, or talk. Uh, you it, it, you had a governor uh, uh, win uh, race win in Arizona, where she hid in uh, in her home and uh, didn't engage, but she won. And they've learned how to be able to do this with their advanced marketing and, and strategies. And th this needs to concern everyone because you don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat, Libertarian or Independent. Uh, the, 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 the politics of today has changed. It's dramatically changed. And it's not an election of policies. It's not an election of personalities. It's an election of who's be able to get out the vote better, who is able to uh, uh, identify market segments from a marketing standpoint, market segments of voters, like college students, mm -hmm. like, uh, 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 let's say, uh, certain type of either di divided by race, age, uh, viewpoints, such as those who are pro-abortion, identify who they are. Those who are wanting student loan forgiveness, identify those 40 million people, uh, identify different areas and then target those areas as your base of support and uh, get volunteers, get them angry, get them upset, get them to knock on doors, get them to ballot harvest, get them to go to the polls and donate, and they can overtake uh, the old-fashioned politics that the Republican Party uses. I'm talking with Craig Huey today here on The Bottom Line. He's a marketing expert. He's an author. He's a, a television host and actually knows what it's like to run for office, too. So, I mean, you've, you've done the candidate thing as well. Uh, we've got a link for CraigHuey.com and electionforum.org up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we're talking about kind of getting a preview, handicapping the 2024 election. But the overarching theme is 
as this election goes, it could very easily point us in the direction of the end of the United States. I mean, the death of our republic, if we're not careful. Craig, you mentioned ballot harvesting, and I would love for you to kind of walk us through that a little bit, because I, I think there are too many people in the GOP. We talk about this on the National Crawford Roundtable all the time. Too many people in the GOP who still think we're operating under 1984, 1988 political yes. rules. They don't realize yes. that that the, 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 the game has changed. And even though Democrats have a two to one advantage in terms of registered voters in California, 25% of California voters have no party preference. And so it's very easy to uh, to get out and find those folks, you know, and, and persuade them. But with Democrats doing ballot harvesting, which is perfectly legal in California, but they fought against it in other states where it didn't work to their advantage, um, it really puts the GOP uh, kind of coming up to bat with two strikes before you've even faced your first pitch. That's right. Well, I warned about ballot harvesting when it first came on the scene. Uh, uh, going back uh, about 2016, when it was really introduced in California, California started the trend. California was one of the originators of it. The SEIU and the unions were ones who trained people how to do ballot harvesting. And if someone doesn't know that term, they need to know it because there's there's two things in this upcoming election that uh, the Democrats uh, are experts in. And the Republicans are pretty clueless. One is what's called early voting. And you combine that early voting with everybody getting a mail-in ballot like they do in California. Mm -hmm. And then you have a, uh, a disaster in the making uh, for anybody who doesn't do that early voting. And then you add in ballot harvesting. And this is where one person can go door to door and, and pick up ballots. They can get data, say, I, uh, and their advanced data can tell them exactly who's interested in education, who's interested in raising the minimum wage, who's interested in being able to uh, 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 make sure that there's pornography in, in school libraries. And, and, and they, they know who these people are, and they go to the door with the purpose of talking about the issue most important to them and getting their ballot. And then when they get the ballot, they can take it to the ballot uh, uh, drop box or they could take it to the poll. They can, they can deliver it. So one ballot harvester can pick up 500, 1,000 ballots. Nobody knows who these people are. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so they know or they've been trained, they know uh, the data, they know who to go to, and they're able to outdo the Republicans who do things the old-fashioned way. But mm -hmm. not only that, Roger, uh, ballot harvesting leads to voter fraud. That's yeah. why it should be outlawed uh, nationwide. But nonetheless, it's legal you know, in, all, you know, in California and these other states. And so with ballot harvesting, we know from the last election that uh, uh, people from the Democratic Party trained going uh, bed to bed at nursing homes, picking up ballots. Mm. We've got people who uh, in, in the uh, uh, last election in California, there were uh, in Torrance, uh, the police arrested somebody who was 
um, on drugs in their car, passed out. He had 500, over 500 ballots sitting in his back seat. Yeah, uh, and, and then you've got a video of, of people who mysteriously from the post office was able to get a key to apartment uh, boxes uh, uh, where, where all the mail was put for individuals. They unlocked the entire uh, uh, mailbox of that apartment complex and knew when the ballots were arriving. And that night took out the ballots uh, that people hadn't picked up yet. And those ballots disappeared, but they were mailed in. And, and, and election integrity is so disgusting that uh, in one of my books, uh, my, my book, the, the Deep State, what, uh, what I wrote about in one chapter on voter fraud, Roger, was about a dog that one of my employees uh, in helping me write the book, that she went ahead and registered her dog uh, to vote, which is not, of course, ethical or legal. <laughs> right, and right. not only did she register the dog to vote, but registered it at her office address, which is also not legal. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we kept getting that ballot in the mail, and we did, did it uh, all the way until um, uh, I moved to Tennessee, and then the ballot followed me to Tennessee, and then mm. it stopped. And, wow. and so uh, there, there is so much work to be done. And uh, luckily, there, there's uh, court cases going on. Uh, Advocates for Faith and Freedom and Bob Tyler, for example, is doing a great job in, in being able to uh, do some lawsuits in, in this area. But uh, it, it, it's something that's almost overwhelming, but uh, it, it is something that has to be hit head on. And so, yes, you, you're right. You, you mentioned that the Republicans and the Democrats are about equal. The problem is the Republicans uh, don't have the data and don't have the expertise on getting people out the vote. Most Republicans who would vote conservative, they don't get out the vote. Most Christians, uh, uh, in fact, some 40% of everybody listening, the, the Christians in their church are not registered to vote. In this upcoming primary that's happening on March 3rd in California, there's going to be some 60 to 70% of the evangelical Christians who are registered to vote in those churches not even bothering to go out to vote for the best candidate. Wow. And, and, and so you have the church at fault. And luckily... And amazingly, there are some 400 churches or so, so far in California, who say, we're, we're done with this. We're going to actually do ballot harvesting in our church. We're going to actually have a box that people can drop it in. We're actually going to have a Sunday or multiple Sundays where we're asking people to bring their ballot in, and somebody on the church staff will bring it to the poll. And that we'll also uh, use the election form voter guide so that people, if they want, they can use that voter guide to see how to vote for, not against their values. Hmm. And uh, Pastor Jack Gibbs, uh, Calvary yes. Chapel, Chino Hill, and other churches are out there doing and trying to promote the ballot harvesting. That is awesome, and that's a game changer. You know, one last thing about this, Roger. You give me four or five churches that are in that uh, that area of a, uh, let's say, a city, 
I can change the school board and the city council. Even if six or seven churches, I can change the assembly race, the state senate race. You give me 10 or 12 churches in that district that do ballot harvesting, will outdo the army of, of left-wing radicals going door-to-door with the church ballot harvesting and change a congressional race. That's the only way to turn California around. The church is the secret weapon that we have that's the silent uh, uh, army. But right now, is it going to happen for this upcoming election? You know, Roger, we've got a, the first GOP debate coming up in August. This election is happening fast. Are the churches going to step up and say enough is enough? We can't take this any longer. We've got to stand firm. We've got to be salt and light. We got to do what is right. We got to reach out and love to our our congregation and help them know how to vote for, not against their values. That's a powerful homily there from Craig Huey today here on the bottom line with the Election Forum, electionforum.org. This is one of the voting guides that I highly recommend each and every time I do Roger's recommendations here on the bottom line show. I typically stick with the propositions, but Craig gets down to dirty on city councils and judicial races and also really does the homework. More to come in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show here on this Super Tuesday. Craig Huey is my guest, and we're talking about how to vote for and not against your values. Uh, Craig has written a book called The Christian Voter, Seven Non-Negotiables for Doing Just That, uh, How to Vote Your Values and Transform the Culture in Politics. Three copies of this book to give away, so lots of winners. It's kind of an Everyone Wins Tuesday. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have three copies of the book called The Christian Voter, Seven Non-Negotiables for Voting For, Against, Not Against Your Values. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Craig Huey in just a moment. The bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a 
$15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. That's a powerful homily there from Craig Huey today here on the bottom line with the election forum, electionforum.org. This is one of the voting guides that I highly recommend each and every time I do Roger's recommendations here on the bottom line show. I typically stick with the propositions, but Craig gets down to dirty on city councils and judicial races and also really does the homework and even puts the, uh, the good conservative candidates to the test to make sure that they, they, they pass muster as it were, you know, Craig, you were, you were talking about ballot harvesting. And so many people, I think of the church, they hear it and it almost sounds sinister, you know, instead of yeah, saying, well, it's, it's perfectly legal. I mean, I know my, both of my parents are 90 years of age and they're in a nursing home. And when it comes time to vote, I, my sister or I will go over and we'll collect their ballots, which they have filled out yep, and signed, right. and we'll drop them off at the polls for them because that's what we want to do to honor them. Now, my parents are Kennedy Democrats and they haven't shaken that yet. They're not really happy right. with Joe Biden, but that's the way to vote. <laughs> I would never in a million years dream of filling out their stuff the way I wanted right. to and putting it about. But you've got Democrats who are doing this all over the place. And, you yeah. know, and I think that's the difference. The fact that churches now are engaging in ballot harvesting, you know, people would say, oh, now, wait a minute. I mean, the, the, the church shouldn't be involved. All I have to do is say souls to the polls in Georgia. And you know oh, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. It's big in the South, yeah. isn't it? I mean, people have been doing this at churches for years. California churches have to wake up and join the party. Absolutely. In fact, uh, even in California, so Roger, uh, your audience probably never heard of those to the polls, but basically what it is, it, it targets the black church and, and, and the Democratic marketing machine goes church to church, has buses, has potlucks, takes people to the poll and assumes that because they're black, they're going to vote Democrat. Um, it, that, that's an old model, but uh, they, they have uh, perfected it. And, um, and uh, what, what we basically have in California are radical left Democrats trying to go to uh, 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 Spanish churches, to black churches, you know, they love to segment uh, society into divisions. They, they create islands of separation. These islands of separation are, are evil, they're wrong, but they're able to do it. And, and so as they, as they create these different segments, it's some, most of your listeners know the name Maxine Waters. Oh, yeah. Well, I know Maxine Waters very well. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I prayed with her several times. I, I met with her a number of times. She's been to my office. I know her very well. And what people don't know is that, give me, let me give you an example. When she had the redistricting and she had a whole new district, the first thing she did was to go church to church. 
Mm. that say, can I speak from the church pulpit? Can I talk to your people in some of the meetings? And she reaches out to the churches and, and very effective. And so the black churches open the door to her poison, to her misrepresentation, to her distortions, to her radical policies. And, and so, you know, the, 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 the radical left looks at Christians and tries to divide Christians, tries to divide them into different segments. And for evangelicals, you know, they're basically what they want to do is attack evangelical Christians to try to have somebody be named or pastor of church or church leaders or a candidate who's speaking there as a Christian nationalist, whatever that is, to to try to suppress the Christian vote. They they do this with the Republicans. They're a MAGA Republican. They're too extreme for, you know, Long Beach. And and what they want to do is cause the Republicans and the Christians not to vote, not to volunteer, not to donate, not to uh, have anything to do with politics, simply stick to uh, having potlucks at your church. Hmm. They don't want the Christians to actually be involved. And so they, they don't ignore Christians. They're, they're, in this upcoming election, there'll be ads that are demonizing different conservative candidates. There'll be ads that are trying to persuade Christians not to vote. And so this is, this is a political as well as a spiritual warfare that's going on. And, the, and one of the key uh, targets are the Hispanics. You know, we talk about the election forms. We, two, four years ago, we had an incredibly popular uh, election forum voter guide online that was in Spanish because we knew how important the uh, Spanish population was. Right. And it's a key area. Well, uh, even George Soros is pouring money into buying up uh, Spanish radio stations, trying to take over uh, the Christian radio stations. And, and, and the fact is, is these, uh, the, the, the whole Hispanic market uh, is, is critical in this upcoming election, but some conservatives are ignoring it. Uh, I couldn't get enough funding for doing a Spanish version uh, of the election form two years ago. There will be get enough funding to do it for this upcoming election. Yet, how important is it for for the Hispanics who are pro-life, who are entrepreneurial? They fled from socialism. They fled from crime. And and, and what they see is going on right now in California, it it just makes them sick. And they don't want to vote Democrat. But all they hear is messages from the radical left. Mm Mm-hmm. And amazing. It's amazing how when with the right resourcing and the right messaging, 
most people will find biblical values, conservative values, constitutional values, the values that they want to uphold in elections. And yet all we have to do is message better, get the word out, and get the church engaged. And Craig Huey, you've given us a lot of food for thought as to how we go about doing that. CraigHuey.com, electionforum.org is where we find all things Craig. And uh, thank you for that little update, especially as we get ready for the debate season that's coming up. I mean, they're starting in just a few weeks here. And of course, Craig, we'll be checking in with you all throughout election 2024 for updates on how Christians can get involved and vote our values in the public square. Craig Huey, always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks, Roger. Boy, it's always great to get good information from Craig Huey at Election Forum. CraigHuey.com, electionforum.org. Uh, as the election draws closer and we, we're, we've got the... Uh, We've got the different uh, uh, the different uh, presidential debates coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, you will be having Craig on the program more, and I will also link the election forum guide, a voter's guide that Craig puts together every year for California and Tennessee and other states. Um, I'll put that up along with Roger's recommendations at thebottomlineshow.com, as you know, over the past mm, 12 years now. Uh, starting with the 2012 election, then the 2014 midterms, 2016 general, 2018 midterms, 2020 general, 2022 midterms, and now for the 2024 general election, you'll see Roger's recommendations. And for California, they typically are focused on the propositions and maybe some of the key Senate and uh, congressional races. Of course, Dianne Feinstein's not running for re-election, so how do you handicap that? There are three members of Congress right now on the Democrat side that all want to be a senator, and uh, we would be more than happy to get them out of the Congress. (laughs) But we wouldn't mind seeing a GOP conservative show up in the Senate as well. Um, Craig's election forum is always hyperlinked at the Rogers Recommendations page at thebottomlineshow.com. So I encourage you to check that out. By the way, we have three copies of Craig's book to give away. I love it when we have multiple books that we're giving or multiple DVDs or T-shirts or whatever. The more the merrier. And you have an excellent chance of winning a copy of The Christian Voter by Craig Huey, uh, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values to Transform the Culture and Politics. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line show. Uh, let's keep Crystal busy today. We had, uh, what, 13 calls yesterday. Lo- Crystal loves it when people call in. She just she will talk to you. Uh, she's a chatter, and uh, we're grateful that she's working here, taking the call. So uh, uh, you're not going to get rushed through like some of those other programs that are just like, hey, what do you want? Put you on hold. Um, it's a nice experience when you contact Crystal or Joel takes the overflow or sometimes even Todd answers the phone. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, on the other side of this break, we're going to get into something that happened. It's an ongoing uh, situation that's been happening with the Temecula Valley Unified School District. There was a uh, an uprising of parents uh, that pushed the board into voting to reject uh, some curriculum that was rather controversial that involved a whole slew of gay rights curriculum, et cetera, et cetera. They recently re-voted, and uh, after initially rejecting the curriculum, they've now approved it. And I want to walk through how politics here in the People's Republic of California gets done with Gavin Newsom as your governor 
and ask the question, think seriously about the prospect of Gavin Newsom running for president in 2024 and what happens nationally if this type of bullying and thuggery that happening on a state level now goes nationwide. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Craig Huey with Election Forum and CraigHuey.com, H-U-E-Y is how you spell it. Uh, Craig is the author of several books and articles, uh, especially as it pertains to the election, of course, and what's it like to be a Christian who votes your values. He has an outstanding book called The Christian Voter, Seven Non-Negotiables for Voting For, Not Against Your Values. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have three copies of Craig's book that we're giving away today. So if you're one of the shy listeners to The Bottom Line Show, <laughs> you know, and we got one copy, oh, well, I'm not going to call because, you know, maybe I won't win or maybe I do win and somebody else might get it. We have a very polite listener base here. Um, I would recommend that you give a call today because when we have multiple copies, that means it's a lot easier to win one. So we have three copies of Craig Huey's book on the Christian voter. Perfect for this Super Tuesday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. All right. This is a story from CNN from over the weekend. Perhaps you heard about this. Temecula Valley Unified School District right here in the Inland Empire um, has adopted a social studies curriculum that they initially rejected. The curriculum is called California's Cultural Contributions. And the idea, of course, is this has been something that gay rights activists have been pushing for for quite some time. When we first started the Bottom Line Show 2011, I know I do that a lot. I'm getting older, right? When we first started, you know, back in the Stone Age, before there was electricity, uh, <laughs> I remember being at a political rally. We were invited to the, I think it was the Republican Club of La Crescenta, uh, La Cunada Flint Bridge or something like that. And and invited to speak there, you know, talk about Republican values and uh, Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan running against Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And I was there, uh, talking to some of the folks afterwards, we were talking about California's SB 48. SB stands for Senate bill. It means it originates in the Senate. AB stands for assembly bill. It originates in the assembly. Senate bill 48 basically ordered California to rewrite all of their public school curriculum, all of the textbooks, all the teaching aids, all the learning things to include the contributions of homosexuals. And basically what they were asking them to do wasn't necessarily adding in people who were gay, so much as it was saying, well, you've, maybe you've heard this yarn before. There is a story of Abraham Lincoln while president traveling across the country, and there was one day where they stopped at a hotel, and he and another male traveling companion shared a bedroom. Now, apparently back in the day when people didn't go ballistic over hotel rooms, I want the presidential suite, I want all these you know, square footage and this, that, and the other thing, people actually were very practical. They just said, hey, you know, we're traveling through the night, we need a bed to sleep in, we need a place to clean up and get ready to get back on the road. Who cares if it's four guys sharing a room? No one, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. But to gay activists who are constantly looking for, when everything is defined by your sexuality. Am I wrong? Everything is. This person is important because of who they have sex with. Now, there are people who have contributed mightily to our culture over the years and arts and entertainment, and politics and, you know, things that they've invented. But you would think, listening to LGBT activists, that the most important thing is how naked they get and how many people they have sex with. And look at the pride parades. 
you've gone from people 50 years ago who said, hey, we're gay, and we're just going to walk down the street holding up signs saying, yeah, we're here, and we're queer, or whatever it was, to men dressed in next to nothing, whipping each other and dressed like dogs. And, and, and bring your kids, because this is fun. You know, I'm, it's, just, it's crazy. It's nuts. So when California's cultural contributions is the title, but basically the whole idea is they want to talk about, you know, the contributions all across the culture. And evidently there are several sections where artists, architects, writers, educators discuss Californians who make a substantial contribution in these areas. This is according to Allison Barclay, who is one of the board members of the Temecula Valley Unified School Board. She said, under the heading protests, there's one paragraph that discusses gay rights in California, and under the heading court cases, there are two paragraphs that discuss the court cases that allowed gay marriage in California. She said a supplemental resource lists Harvey Milk, along with San Francisco Mayor George Moscone, as, uh, of course, Harvey Milk was believed to be the first openly gay person elected to public office in the state of California. Uh, He was assassinated in 1978, along with Mayor George Moscone. And guess who wound up taking his spot? Do you remember who came to prominence? Yeah, Dianne Feinstein was named the replacement mayor of San Francisco in 1978. And Dianne Feinstein... 45 years later, is still in public office. She's 89 years old, and I doubt seriously she's aware of where she is most of the time. And that's okay. When you're 89, you've earned it, right? Well, these supplemental resources, you know, now that now we're playing the pedantics here. You know, we can't approve the textbook because it mentions Harvey Milk. Well, there's no actual listing of Harvey Milk here, but there is a supplemental section called Biographies, well, there are several hundred short age-appropriate biographies of historical figures. And let's face it, brothers and sisters, Harvey Milk's claim to fame is that he was openly gay and got elected to the San Francisco City Council and was assassinated. Other than that, Harvey Milk has a rather questionable reputation as a pedophile, he's not, he's not the, it's not like this is the guy who invented pasteurized milk or the electricity or something like that. And oh, by the way, he was married to a guy. The curriculum, basically, I mean, back in May, May 16th, the school board voted three to two to reject the curriculum. Um, here are the reasons uh, why they voted against it. Initially, they said there was no or not enough involvement from parents on this to actually make this verifiable and and warranted. Now, I, for one, would say here, here to any curriculum that doesn't get any sort of parental approval. Every time you see a school board passing any, if it were overtly Christian and they were encouraging Christian teachers to do baptisms in the classroom and parents weren't informed, I would have a hard time with that. Don't hide your light under a bushel, brothers and sisters. Let your light so shine before others. But it's interesting because the board voted, said we're not going to adopt this curriculum because we think this stuff is controversial. We don't believe parents have been involved. If the parents have been involved, they would let us know. Then CNN reports, well, some people made comments attacking milk. Now, obviously, you know how the left likes to work things. If you criticize anything, if you disagree with anything that the left does, you're attacking them, and your words are violence. 
Someone says, I don't think we should include Harvey Milk in here as an historical figure because his only claim to fame was he was the first gay person elected to a city council and then someone shot him. That's worth note. But this curriculum is for kids in grades first through fifth. Maybe in a high school class, maybe in a community college class, but why does a six-year-old need to know that Harvey Milk used to get busy with other guys and someone killed him because of it? I mean, how does that shape California history? Well, here's what Gavin Newsom had to say. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a rather lengthy statement, of course, but it's important for us to understand how the governor responded because this could be your president in another year. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You've been in an accident and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, Super Tuesday edition of the program. You just have a few moments left to call in and win one of the three copies of Craig Huey's outstanding book about the Christian voter. How to Vote uh, for Your Values, Not Against Them, to Transform Culture and Politics. Craig has identified seven non-negotiables for Christians. And we've got that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can purchase a copy from Craig's website that supports his ministry. But we also have three copies of the book that Craig has donated to us that we're giving away today. And you have a chance to win one of them. 800-227-5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. And Christians who don't vote can't complain, but when you don't vote in a state like California, remember, the state is not completely blue. There are 58 counties in California. 31 of them are blue, Democrat majority. 27 of them have a conservative majority. Now, the 31 include the most populous counties in California, which explains why 48% of California voters are registered Democrat, 24% are registered Republican, 24% are registered no party preference, and the other 4% are peace and freedom, green, whatever, okay? When Temecula Valley Unified School District was going to consider the curriculum called California's Cultural Contributions, on the surface and overall, it just talks about different Californians who made different contributions. But there is a section where they talk about Harvey Milk, the gay rights activist and politician who was assassinated in 1978 along with San Francisco Mayor George Moscone. And even though one of the board members said, well, there's actually no mention of Harvey Milk in the textbook per se, but there is a supplemental section of the textbook called Biographies, 
where there are, as she puts it, several hundred short age-appropriate biographies of historical figures, and that's where Harvey Milk is. This is curriculum for first graders through fifth graders, by the way. On May 16, the board voted to reject the curriculum. It was three to two. The reasoning was you didn't give parents enough say-so in this. Then there's a uh, there was a meeting last week and a decision reported this past Saturday. The vote took place last Friday. Now the school board has reconsidered that decision and they're going to adopt it. Here's how Governor Newsom spun this. State leaders said that they were going to provide textbooks for students anyway, even though the school board rejected the curriculum. Oh, you will read this. And then here's what Gavin Newsom said in his statement. Fortunately, now students in Temecula will receive the basic materials needed to learn. And the left will be totally fine with that. They'll be totally fine with that. These are basics. You will then learn. Then he comes, he comes back with another one. This isn't about Harvey Milk, who appears nowhere in the textbook the students receive. This is about extremist desire to control information and censor the materials used to teach our children. Now, look at what the governor is doing. This book is propaganda in favor of Harvey Milk and gay activists. And yet, what does Gavin Newsom say? This isn't about parents' rights. It's about the children. Governor Newsom, you are a father, are you not? Are you perfectly okay with the state telling you that this is what your your kids are going to learn if you don't agree with it and you don't have any say in it? I hate to inform you, sir. No, I'm happy to inform you. Those aren't your kids. Those children belong to their parents. They are the responsibility of their parents. And ultimately, they belong to God. I'm not sure you're in the millstone business. I hope you're not. But when you say this hasn't been about parents' rights, oh, it absolutely is about parents' rights, sir. But this is the way the left thinks. The left thinks, hey, parents don't know what they're talking. I have a master's degree in something and I have a teaching credential. So therefore, I mean, you and I know, and there are so many Christians who teach who don't have that attitude that it's so maddening when you come across leftists. Well, uh, who do they? I mean, I'm really better qualified to raise it. No, here's the deal. If you were better qualified to raise those kids, you would have been birthing them. You would have gone to court to illegally adopt them. You would not have a state-mandated job that gives you tenure after three years and where basically the governor's now saying you should have free reign in the classroom to teach whatever you want to and the parents should have no say-so. Now, trust me, as the child of parents who were in the classroom, There's nothing more nauseating than the parents who just keep complaining and nagging and won't go away. But the idea that Governor Newsom would say, well, now students will receive the basic materials. And oh, by the way, he didn't mention the fact publicly that the district was facing sanctions if they didn't use state-approved curriculum. Sanctions as in, we will cut your money supplies in areas like school lunch programs and things like that. So use our propaganda or else. And the Temecula Valley Unified School District blinked. I'm sorry they did, but I'm sure this battle is far from over. And we will definitely keep you posted as more of these developments come to fruition. Uh, we'll keep you posted here on the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up next. For those who remain on the network, more conversation about why personal injury law and personal responsibility go hand in hand 
It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to the Super Tuesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad people are still calling in for Craig Huey's book. So we'll keep the phone lines open a little bit longer. Uh, Craig, of course, with CraigHuey.com and uh, the electionforum.org. If you're not getting Craig's weekly updates, you need to go to electionforum.org and get those uh, materials. They come your way every week, and uh, Craig is diligent. He and his wife host a podcast. Uh, Craig knows the pain of trying to be a Californian, but wanting to see your values represented more in politics. And he and his wife kind of split their time between Tennessee now and California. He's written a book called The Christian Voter, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values and How to Transform Culture and Politics. In that book, he identifies seven non-negotiables for Christians who vote. We've been giving away copies of this book today. We've got three of them total to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Yesterday on the program, our Movie Monday response was phenomenal. The Sound of Freedom is still in theaters. Uh, it finished the weekend at number three uh, for uh, the weekend of July 20th, or 21st rather, and uh, we're it's so wonderful to see this movie was number one at the box office on... Uh, let's see, number one in the box office the day it came out on the 4th of July. And then it has just continued to shine. It's continued to do uh, phenomenally good work. This past weekend, uh, you had Barbie, the Barbie movie. We'll get into that. That's a whole separate conversation about why this movie was so popular with so many different people. Uh, Barbie's total gross now, uh, is, it's incredible. Monday, July the 24th, um, it was very interesting to see how many, um, how, how these movies actually did. But uh, the number one movie in America, um, this is interesting. There's a organization calls itself The Numbers. And um, the daily domestic chart for Monday, uh, July the 24th, has Barbie at uh, $26 million, getting 6000 per theater. It's up to $188 million. Um, and then you see Indiana Jones and you know, some other things as well. Here's what's interesting, though, about it. They didn't seem to feel it was necessary to include The Sound of Freedom in there on that day. And so I had to dig around to another site to see if I could find what happened on uh, July the 24th. But here's the, the, the latest numbers that I have um, in terms of uh, The Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom has actually uh, done phenomenal business at the box office. I mentioned in my conversation yesterday with uh, uh, Jerry Geasley from uh, Angel Studios that uh, we were over 100 million. The current totals that I have show Sound of Freedom came in third for the week. And uh, the, they did another 24 million at the box office, or just a hair under 125 million through Sunday, July 23rd. Here's what's important about this, okay? Sound of Freedom was released on July 4th. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, the one with 80-year-old Harrison Ford, was released on June 30th, the weekend before. And yet Indiana Jones, on 4,600 screens, has a gross of $135 million. Sound of Freedom on 3,300 screens has 125 million. 
You know what that means? <laughs> that means that Sound of Freedom's per screen average is exponentially higher than Indiana Jones. Now, granted, Indiana Jones is, you know, uh, it's Indiana Jones. I mean, it's Harrison Ford. He's an old guy. You know, how, how does an 80-year-old leading man hold this together? Once Box Office Mojo has their update for Monday, what I think you're going to see is that the same rules apply and the same consistency. There have been faith-based films that have done well, finished in the top 10, finished number one for a day, this, that, and the other thing. The thing that's truly remarkable about The Sound of Freedom is that it has finished in the top three almost every day of its release, and it continues to do three to four to five million dollars per day in ticket sales. One of our winners yesterday, we had, remember, we had a pair of tickets to give away to the movie. And we also had a couple of Sound of Freedom shirts that we were giving away. Had a uh, listener who listens to the program actually on KLDC, uh, listens to us in Denver, was in Southern California visiting family. And basically when he heard this movie was coming out, he wanted to see his son, who we were just talking about Temecula Valley Unified School District. And um, the challenges they have in terms of teaching biblical manhood and womanhood and history and things like that. He came to see his son, who lives in that area, was going to come down just for Father's Day, but decided to stay all the way through the 4th of July. He said it was very, very important for him to watch because of the number of kids and grandkids. Seven children, 28 grandchildren, and right now 26 great-grandchildren with three more on the way and said, this movie is that important. Uh, this is what I, I, I love to see in the body of Christ. I love to see how people are opening up and saying, this movie, taking nothing away from the Kendrick brothers or the Irwin brothers or some of the other faith-based movies that have really inspired people, tell a great story and tell it in such a way that people are motivated to action. That's the name of the game. When Jesus talked in parables, he didn't tell these parables and people would say, wow, you know, Jesus is really a great storyteller. Man, I, 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 I'm just going to follow him all over everywhere because I like the stories he tells and the way he tells them. The story is told well if it motivates people to act. And I, I want to encourage you to act. I mean, we talked with Craig Huey about politics. We talked about um, Temecula Valley Unified School District and how they had a, a were able to convince the board by a three to two vote to not accept curriculum that was so patently pro-homosexual rights until it got to the point. And again, when you say that, people say, well, what does that mean? You don't want gay people to have rights and protections? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is at the expense of or the exclusion of. In the same way, that if you had a book that said, here are all the legendary Christians in the public school, and the reason you should like them is because of their Christianity. The first openly Christian person to be elected city council member, this, that, and the other thing. That, we, we want to be known for the work that we do that actually accomplishes something. When I talk about uh, personal injury law, for example, Stephanie Cover, too many cases, including an fa extended family member right now who's in the middle of something. And to see the way their own insurance company tried to treat them 
Jim and Stephanie Cover and I have wonderful talk. You should see the text messages between us in terms of, you know, spiritual warfare and prayer and, you know, what, what God is doing and moving. Ross Johnston, who was on with us yesterday, talking about uh, CaliforniaWillBeSaved.com. Uh, I met Ross through Jim and Stephanie and their involvement with that ministry. But the key is that Scripture tells us actions speak louder than words. And in the case of Stephanie Cover and personal injury law, it's one thing for her to talk a great game about her faith, but it's also perhaps even more important that we in the body of Christ understand that if you don't know the laws in the temporal world and you get to a personal injury accident, then you really are leaving yourself wide open to not steward your body well, not steward your resources well, and that's an offense against God. On the other side of this break, I've asked Stephanie to come in and join me. It's our monthly visit just to talk more about recent developments, changes in personal injury law, and why it's important for you to have her name and number in your contacts because you never know when you're going to need it. Stephanie with an F, by the way, Cover is in cover. 877-214-4935 or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Cover Law. Stephanie Cover joins me next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Special guest joining me in studio today here on The Bottom Line, Stephanie Cover with Cover Law, the only personal injury attorney I've ever recommended in the 12 years of this program and the only one I ever will. So if you're a PI attorney and you'd like to be a part of The Bottom Line show, I apologize, but I, <laughs> but I don't because, I mean, Stephanie does such great work. Stephanie with an F, Cover is in cover, 877-214-4935. Stephanie Cover, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you for having me, Roger. Yeah, nice you guys wiped out an entire category here. I mean, if, if something ever happens and we're not working together anymore, I can't. Now I can't. My word is my bond. I can't. <laughs> I mean, next thing you know, we're going to be exchanging sandals and grabbing pies <laughs> or something. Um, let, let's talk about something that's a big change in the industry, and that's with regard to medical payment. It's it, it, there, You've seen a lot of changes, even just in the past few years. But to, I, I think a lot of our listeners may not know what's been going on behind the scenes with regard to medical pay. Kind of get us up to speed. I believe it's fairly new because when I discuss with other attorneys, they're not even aware of it yet. Mm. Now, uh, most people, when they buy their insurance coverages, will also buy an, a medical payment coverage. I believe you can buy it in intervals of 1, 5, and 10, for example. <clears throat> And what that is, is basically there to help you with your co-payments and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because that's something that would have been out of pocket. Um, but I have seen a change in how people are using the medical pay coverage. And let me give you an example. I, I currently have a case where 
um, a, a carrier said, um, well, um, this man's insurance company has, has a lien on his case because they paid a, a medical bill. And I spoke to the client, and they had no idea. They never gave permission. Interesting. They never gave consent. Nothing. We still don't know what that is. Wow. I am learning that. See, the art of having the attorney um, resolve the medical bills at the end is that the civil code has instructions depending upon how what the medical provider's category is on how the liens are resolved. Okay. And the idea is so that the injured person gets a settlement. Right, right. Okay, so what I'm seeing now is um, medical providers, and you have to wonder how they get this information. Let's say um, Susie gets in an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, some, and she had an ambulance bill. Okay, right. And a lot of people don't realize your ambulance bill is separate from your medical bills. I mean, the ambulance company is called to bring in, and you will get a bill directly from the ambulance company. That's right. not part of the hospital bill. It's not part of everything else. Right. And what ambulance um, providers are doing, and I believe some medical providers, they are contacting Susie's insurance company and finding out what her medical payment is. Question, how do they know that? Yeah. And and of what interest is theirs? I mean, Stephanie Cover is with me here in studio today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about this medical pay gap, if you will, that a lot of insurance companies do have that you may not have even known that your policy had that helps to pay down uh, parts of premiums and deductibles and co-pays and things like that that you didn't have, especially uh, the means to do, and then you get involved in a personal injury case. And what what's interesting to me, Stephanie, is to see how rogue these companies are. Because I remember I, I mentioned the ambulance about six years ago, first time I had a flare-up with my heart, I had sepsis, and uh, my sister called uh, 911. They sent an ambulance. Ambulance came to the house, went to the hospital. About a week later, I got a $1,400 bill from the ambulance company. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is great. I'll submit it with all my other insurance bills. And I kept getting hit up from whatever. Well, my insurance company, for whatever reason, did not submit the ambulance bill with all the other medical bills. I had hospital bills, x-rays, et cetera, et cetera. It took me about a year and a half to get that bill straightened out. Now, fortunately, they just charged simple interest, and I eventually found a new person at the insurance company who said, oh, sure, I'll process that. I'm sorry, it's our, our fault. No harm, no foul. But now what you're saying, it sounds like you're saying to me, Stephanie, is, the ambulance company or somebody else would say, well, we're just going to contact the medical provider and see how we can... They contact the insurance insurance company. company. Okay, directly. And basically everyone's trying to tag on to, oh, this is a personal injury case. We don't just want our cost covered here. We want a piece of the action almost. Well, the problem is, is that the, the California Civil Codes allows you to negotiate down the bill. Mm-hmm. And they try to beat it to the punch by getting the money, which they may have overbilled. Right. And then the insurance company will then um, ask you, depending upon the circumstances, sometimes for reimbursement. Mm. Okay. So I, <laughs> I, I, I was involved in a personal injury case, let's say. Hypothetically, I get an ambulance driver. They take me to the hospital. I get checked out, et cetera, et cetera. I've got a bill with the ambulance company now, but the ambulance company 
is going to submit to my medical company and they're going to double it or, you know, the, the, the actual charges. Or the code allows me to negotiate the bill down and okay. they don't want the bill to be negotiated down even though the law allows it. So even though I could say, hey, that $1,300 bill, all I can pay you today is 500 bucks or whatever, and they'll say, fine, we'll take it. Chances are that 1300 was inflated anyway because they know the insurance game is you put in the inflated bill, they tell you how much you're going to get, and you try to aim to – I mean, and I understand why they would do that, but this is crazy to find out that you know people – you're running into cases where – medical providers and insurance companies are actually kind of negotiating all the stuff on the side and the, the the client doesn't really know what's happening. Well, what is even, in my opinion, more disturbing is that when someone's on Medicare mm. and the case is um, done treatment, they have a form you fill out. The attorney puts in their costs, the attorney puts in their fees, and then they do calculations as to what it would be fair to give the, the uh, client. Mm -hmm. And um, the client gets a reduction based on the attorney because they hired an attorney and because they have costs. Okay, the attorney has costs with their case. Right. So the normal thing, what, what they would do is they would reduce the lien based on the attorney's fees and costs, and then calculate to give to the client what, you know, say the bill instead of being X is Y. Mm -hmm. Now I saw, a, I recently had a case where Medicare contacted the carrier hmm. and said, we want to get paid 100% of this and avoiding the deduction that the code allows for the attorney Interesting. because they have medical payment coverage. So what my suggestion is, is medical payment coverage is actually starting to hurt people instead mm -hmm. of help people. Mm -hmm. And it would be better to have higher uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage to protect yourself because people are trying to get a quick buck without benefiting the injured person. Stephanie Cover with Cover Laws, my guest today here on the bottom line, 877-214-4935. Stephanie with an F, Cover as in cover, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Cover Law. So medical insurance payment. It's called med pay coverage. Med pay coverage. On an auto policy. And it seems like a good idea in theory, but what Stephanie's recommending is you're better off not having it, but having beefed up areas where you could potentially be liable uninsured motorist, that type of thing? Well, medical payment coverage used to benefit the person who is paying the premiums, right. which is what it should do. The insured. The insured. <laughs> yeah. Now there are medical providers and Medicare, so I wouldn't put it past Medi-Cal, who are tapping into the person's medical payment coverage, which would then not allow them the deduction if they would have gone through the traditional way. But if there is no medical payment coverage, then they have to follow the law, the civil code law, mm -hmm. and their bill would be reduced, and then the person would have more of a recovery. So the person who says, I'm going to be responsible, I want the medical payment coverage, I'll pay a little extra in my medical insurance because I want to have that coverage so if something happens and maybe the deductible is higher, the premiums more, whatever it is, I need help with my copay. 
But now the insurance companies are kind of in cahoots with Medicare and some of the other, you know, medical organizations to just kind of bypass that and say, hey, they already have this coverage, so we want to tap into that. So you're still paying for something that's really not benefiting you. It's benefiting the companies. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, it's benefiting the company. And another issue is is that when the attorney gets the Medicare Medi-Cal lien, they get a letter saying, this is our final lien. You have no other obligation. All right? Okay. And I always put that you know, in the file, in the cloud, everywhere. I give it to the client. I tell them how important it is. Mm-hmm. Now, when they're going through the insurance company, they're saying this is the bill to date. Mm-hmm. And I, the, with Medi-Cal, Medicare, and other providers, if, you, if the bill is not paid 100%, they can add interest and attorney's fees for years. Mm-hmm. So you always want to have that letter saying this is final. Will they say there's no, if one was paid through MedPay, will they then say there's a a final, you know, nothing's owed? Probably, but they will work quicker when they're owed money because you get that. And otherwise, they'll make you wait. So that means the person has to wait, Mm. the injured person. And all of this while you're trying to get <laughs> healing for your injuries, because this started with a personal injury case. Man, I mean, th- this is such a great primer on why it's important to have Stephanie Cover as your attorney, as your advocate in a personal injury case. Put aside your preconceived notions about, I'm a Christian, I don't want to take anybody to court. Stephanie doesn't work that way. I mean, 95 plus percent of the time, all the settlements are out of court. You don't have to stand trial. You're not taking advantage of anyone. Basically, what you're trying to do, we're talking about restitution. We're talking about, uh, basically, it's a recompense, if you will. I mean, it's a very biblical concept. You could go through all of the Old Testament (laughs) readings on this that say, look, hey, if your ox gores another ox, there's got to be some kind of recompense for the person who lost the ox. This is the same type of thing. You're out uh, work time. You, you got physical injuries that need recovering. You've got a car. Uh, you know, c- can you imagine what it's like for the person who gets in an accident, finds out their car is totaled, and then they have the insurance company saying, okay, well, let's see, the salvage value is way down here. And you're like, well, no, 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 no. The car's totaled value was way up here, and they might still owe money on it. You know, and the next thing you know, uh, the, the insurance company is saying, well, we're just going to pay you X when you really owe X plus five. That's why you need Stephanie Cover in your court to be able to say, hey, no, here's the way the law is supposed to be meted out. And justice is what we're talking about here with Stephanie Cover. Uh, 877-214-4935. Take this audio that we have here and share it with friends because this is kind of like we just had a, like a graduate level course <laughs> on what's happening in the insurance world from someone who understands what it's like to be an attorney for the insurance industry because Stephanie did that for many years, and now is in private practice representing you and me and helping us out. I speak fondly, of course, of Stephanie and Jim because of the fantastic advice that they shared with me over the years. I know Tamara's benefited from Stephanie's advice, and dozens of K-Bright listeners have done so as well. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the Proverbs 27 thing here. <laughs> you know, Stephanie's just sitting here kind of blushing, saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. But, but if someone else is praising you, then it's okay, right? So Stephanie, thank you for the work that you do and continue to do. These are strange, odd, strategic times spiritually. Yes. And, um, and to have someone like Stephanie Cover in your corner 
with legal matters. There's more than just the legal side that she brings to the table. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Roger. Great conversation as always. And remember, it's just so easy when you get into an accident to kind of freak out and to expect somebody else to take care of it. Don't put your trust anywhere but in your faith in God and in the attorney and legal skills of Stephanie Cover with Cover Law. 877-214-4935 or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the Cover Law tab. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to Stephanie Cover with Cover Law and also Craig Huey with Election Forum for uh, joining us today here on this Super Tuesday edition of the program to talk about how important it is for Christians to vote our values, to vote for our values and not against them. For us to, gosh, I saw an article uh, earlier today, Christian Post, I think, had it. Nick Vujicic, of all people, is calling for the American church to repent and saying, hey, look, we're getting too woke we're trying so hard to blend in with the culture that we're calling sin good and good sin. And, and, and it's important to understand. It's really just a question of priorities. But I mean, I, I think of the example of a young couple that uh, recently were uh, clients of Stephanie's who got into it. With, and it kind of this is the why the world is not your friend. They got into an accident, turned out the guy who hit them. Uh, didn't have any insurance. They contacted their own insurance company first, and the insurance company wanted to, them to pay a thousand dollar deductible out of pocket. Wanted them to accept the salvage value of the car instead of full replacement of the car, like they had in their coverage. Nothing for pain and suffering, medical loss of benefit, whatever. They finally called Stephanie, and their words were ominous. They said, "We thought our insurance company was on our side." The reality is it's easy in America for Christians to think we think the culture is on our side. All we have to do is turn the culture back to God and everything's going to be fine. But the reality is, brothers and sisters, this is not your home. This is not our home. Now, it will be one day with a new heaven and new earth. But until that day happens, until the Lord comes and does his great and wonderful and mighty work, we are strangers and aliens, but we're also chosen and cherished children of God. That is good news, and that's the bottom line. 